Hi everyone, it's time for Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This episode's special guest is the ever-resilient Zach Miller. <laughs> Had to get me before I went in the hospital again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, honestly, that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh crap, yeah. I gotta record another comp another episode of you, you know, <laughs> uh, not trying to say anything negative oh no 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 uh, get it while you can that's um, right <laughs> so uh we got a, a good lineup here zach chose three games uh got a listener request and uh something i chose all on my own so uh, I, i'll say this is a little bit of a uh i think the soundtrack soundtrack uh, i think <laughs> the uh, lineup here is a little bit less conventional for a radio trivia episode but hopefully you guys will enjoy oh and uh my son has joined me in the room <laughs> hi isaac i'm uh, i'm recording a podcast here i'm busy yeah <laughs> yes sweetheart I'm, special I'm right guest here. star okay bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> okay um where was i okay yeah uh, so it's a uh, it'll be a fun episode a little bit different you might you know, see why I, I say that later, but uh, uh, my brain is already broken. God An damn eclectic it. selection. Let's go to the first game, which is, is a Zach request. Some, that was some layered music, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff. Wow. Um, I have no idea if I chose songs you like from this game or not. But I uh, don't remember any of the songs from this game, so <laughs> I like the first one. All right, good. Success. Yes. 
I bet folks are really confused as to what system this might be. Yeah, right. I mean, I was I was thinking this this sounds like a different system than what it's on. Yeah. It's surprisingly uh, impressive. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, just not a style you hear a lot on Nintendo platforms. True. All right. Um, we do have a hint question here. Uh, Zach, would you like to read your question? Sure. Uh, besides being slaughtered by bad dudes and monsters, this game's protagonist can die in a way his console counterpart cannot. How is that? Mm, there's there's a hint or two in there. Indeed. menacing music there yeah right I, well I, I i think uh i'm starting off with a pretty difficult uh selection here but uh, you know can't always be the easy softball first thing out of the gate gotta <laughs> shake things up sometimes zach why don't you tell everyone what game this is this is uh turok battle of the bionosaurs for game boy yeah, so I bet you didn't think it was a Game Boy game, guys. No, it sounded like an NES game. It sounded like a Capcom NES game. Oh, to me, it sounds like a Commodore 64 song or something. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, the Western Western composers, especially kind of that up until NES, they like doing that arpeggio instrument or whatever they call that, where it's kind of going back and forth between two or more notes really quickly. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's something I, I pretty rarely hear from... Like Japanese composer of the day, but it was all over the place on on uh, 
Commodore 64 and things like that. Probably in part because there's just so limited channels, that's why you're kind of squeezing in two notes. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it has a very distinctive sound to it. Yeah. Yeah, it so. sounds a lot better than I remember. Now I kind of want to go <laughs> refine this uh, game at a GameStop or something. Yeah, the soundtrack is really good. It's uh, composed by Alberto Jose Gonzalez. I don't know what else he's worked on. He, I think he's done the soundtracks to all of Bitmanager's games. He was one of the founders. Uh, ah. And I, I know for a fact he did all the all their Turok games, and they did versions of every Turok that appeared on the N64. Um, they're all pretty similar. Uh, they're, they're side scrollers or overhead perspective sometimes uh, in your it, it feels like a like a Castlevania game with guns mm. uh, kind of limited jumping you can hang off a ledge if you need to which helps because uh, the answer to the hint question is you can die from falling too far ooh, ooh. and it's not clear how far that is so uh, uh, that results in a lot of needless deaths. Yeah, uh, so it's like Donkey Kong. Great. Yeah, it's like Donkey Kong. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a surprisingly fun series of games. They really uh, did a good job bringing kind of the, the Turok gameplay to, to Game Boy. And uh, it's interesting that we're recording this today because just, just today uh, the Turok HD remaster was announced for Switch. It's coming out on the 18th, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like you willed this into existence on Switch <laughs> by choosing this. Because you chose this Days maybe ago. about a week ago. I mean, yeah. it's not like we, we came up with the lineup right at the time we're recording this. Um, so I, I do feel like it's like creepy that <laughs> <laughs> you chose this game and then a few days later they announced this uh, remake. That's right. Now, all the sequels to this um, uh, were Game Boy... That's not true. Turok 2, you could play on the Game Boy, but was Super Game Boy Enhanced. And every other Turok after that was Game Boy Color only. I didn't realize there were that many Turok games. So like, there's, I think there's five? Four or five. Uh, well, uh, there's, how many on consoles? There's Turok 1, 2, and 3 for the N64 and the multiplayer-only Rage Wars game. So that's actually only four, but then they rebooted the series with just a game called Turok for PS3 uh, and Xbox 360 that I did not play. Um, okay, so there are five mainline Turoks, arguably. Yeah. And how many uh, Game Boy <laughs> games are there? Uh, I, I think they made... So all of... Uh, the N64 games had Game Boy slash Game Boy Color versions, but then the PS3 360 Turok game had a Game Boy Advance version that I never played and don't think it was reviewed very highly. And that Turok game was not reviewed very highly. Uh, but um, this this is a, a fun game. If you can find it cheap, it's, it's a good time. So, yeah, can, can you go over a little bit of the, the gameplay? I mean, you mentioned it's kind of a, a Castlevania-esque Castlevania guns, but I mean, I assume there are dinosaurs in this game, so... I mean, there are, there are very few dinosaurs. I think the only dinosaurs you fight are a, a little raptor 
uh, who runs around just a normal enemy, and then there's a T-Rex boss uh, who just spits fireballs at you and you shoot his head and he dies. Um, but not a lot of dinosaurs, it's a lot of guys with guns uh, and aliens with guns. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, things like, you know, kind of... That's actually how the original Turok game is, too. You don't actually fight a lot of dinosaurs. It's mostly guys with guns and knives. Uh, but so, so each level is quite large, and you have to find so many keys to unlock the next level, which is like the N64 game. Uh, and you're kind of left to your own devices. One of, the, one of the things I don't like about it is that the... I mean, we've talked about this before with Game Boy games. The, the camera is just a little too zoomed in. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. And well, I mean, the original Turok had, like, at least on N64, had the infamous fog. The fog. Uh, so I, I feel like that's almost part of the experience to not be able to that see very be. far. So that it, maybe that's uh, kind of like adding legitimacy in this case. Maybe. I mean, they, it couldn't be any worse than Metroid, too. I mean, my God. Oh, Lord. Uh, where she takes up the entire screen. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, so this this game, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much that. And then there's no map. And the levels can be rather complex. So that's kind of a, you know, not fantastic. But uh, uh, it's, you know, it was their first shot. It was, sure. it was, it was fun for their first shot at a Turok game. I played it a ton. I don't even know what happened to it. Uh, but I got very good at it. Uh, when I was much younger. Um, I think I played it before I played the N64 game, because I got my N64 late. I don't think I got it until, like, 90... till Donkey Kong 64 came out. Mm, wow, that was pretty late. Yeah. Because I got it in a bundle with that. So, I mean, they're making Turok games. I'm actually a little bit surprised that they never released these on Virtual Console. On, on 3DS. That, that seems like something they would have done. Yeah. I mean, they had some pretty deep cuts in there, at least from, like, the Sega Game Gear and things like that, so... Um, I don't know. It seems like the sort of thing that might have been appreciated on the 3DS back in the peak of their Game Boy releases. Yeah, especially the Game Boy Color stuff, which was which was pretty good for, for Game Boy Color games. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Someday. Yeah, well, you know, it's not too late. We don't know what they're going to do moving forward. True. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the second request. All right.
Well, that's upbeat. It's upbeat, like whole game's upbeat. Uh, but I'm, I'm realizing now that although I've played through this game multiple times on multiple systems, um, I don't remember where that track's from. <laughs> that does not surprise me. I, uh, I feel like a lot of these songs blur together. They kind of do, yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Whew. Whew. <laughs> All right. Afraid of has like the wrong uh, soundtrack here for a second. <laughs> um, well, uh, why don't you read this question too? Okay. Okay. So um, one of the modes in this game turns it into another game from the same developer. What game does it turn it into essentially yeah it, it makes it very similar to some other game yeah 
All right. Well, the style of that hopefully was a was a hint of sorts for people who may not have played the game. Mm-hmm. That that might be one of my favorite tracks on the soundtrack because it's not the same as the other ones. It's got some different with the flute and I don't know. This is not um, Jake Kaufman's best soundtrack. I'm glad you said it. I mean, I I tend to rag on him more than I should. Uh, I just this one does feel a bit by the numbers. Um, it's like yeah. Well, I think the whole game is the whole kind game of a, is like that. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, so it's actually kind of fitting. Uh, this is Shantae, half genie hero uh, for the Switch and yep. other platforms. Everything. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah, the, the whole game just does feel a little bit phoned in. I, I don't. I've only played a little bit. I just can't hold my attention and I feel bad about that so you know I, I played the demo D3 and I would say okay well you know it's, I guess burning town again <laughs> but with a pirate ship in the background this time you know the guy that demos it is so nice and you know I, you know, I may have even interviewed him for, for the game and, and the next year I, I go there and they're demoing the, uh, the Risky Boots expansion DLC on that, and like, oh, I like this a lot thing. more. Oh, you yeah, because the controls are better, yeah. Yeah, I like the controls better. This the moveset in general is more fun. And I, by far, my favorite Shanta game was um, Pirate's Curse. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. That is a high bar to clear. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking with him. He says, you know, so how do you like the game? He's like, I never bought it. Oh, I'm still so hurt, you know, because you, you remembered me from oh, really? the previous year. <laughs> And so, so I, I go, I download uh, this game during E3. You know, it's, yeah, okay. I, I told you I'd buy it. I bought it. Here you go. See? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't bought the DLC with Frisky Boots because I, I played through three or four levels and I'm like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not yeah. feeling this game. And yeah. I, even though the demo for Risky Boots, I'm like, yeah, you know, I like the moveset. I just can't. I can't justify more money into this game. The, risk, the problem with the Risky Boots stuff is that you're still exploring the same levels. The level design hasn't really changed that much to make use of her power set. Mm. Uh, the only thing that really changes is the um, uh, the location of the pickups. So some of the like little squid things that you find are a little higher in one level than you can jump. So you have to come back when you've gotten the uh, you know hat upgrade, things like that. Um, I, I you know I love Shantae. Love the series. It's a great game. Pirate's Curse is phenomenal. This game, mm. Wow. I, Even come from you, you're, you're okay, I, I don't feel like so it, bad now. I like it less the more I play it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I've played it a lot. I played it on, I kickstarted it for Wii U. Um, so I played it through on that. I got all the DLC for the Kickstarter. <clears throat> And then I bought it on Vita. Uh, I forget why. <laughs> uh, probably because I didn't want to play my turn my Wii U on all that much. Um, but I played through everything, all the DLC on the Vita, um, all the different modes. Uh, and my favorite mode is the one in the hint question where it turns the game into Mighty Switch Force. I mean, it really does. Uh, you have to find five. Um, of the other characters in every level and, and the blocks that, that flip in and out and they even use the soundtrack for Mighty Switch Force. 
Um, but Which sounds a lot like this game soundtrack. It kind of right? does, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. You know, it's way forward, and, it, and it's Bert, uh, Jake Kaufman teaming up with way forward. I feel like there's a certain style he brings to um, that developer in, in particular. There's sort of a certain sound that they seem to like there. Yeah. Um, this one just feels so same. If you told me this was my Switch Force soundtrack, I, I would have been. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong, and, um, ah, jeez, I don't know, it, it, it's... Well, maybe the third song didn't sound yeah, like the, nice, the first two did. I mean. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, but you can kind of see the third song being in a sequel to Mighty Switch Force, you know. Uh, I don't know, man, um, the whole game feels a little like we didn't get enough Kickstarter funding to make the game we really wanted to make. Uh... So here's this three quarters of the way done. You know, that's probably mean. Uh, but like I say, the more I play it, the more the flaws show up to me. Yeah, to me it felt more like it just it's too formulaic. It's just too much like stuff we've already done. So maybe there wasn't that same enthusiasm for it. Uh, it could be what you said. They just didn't have enough money. And some of our transformations you use like one time. Ah, it bugs me. It just yeah, talking about it bugs me. And all the DLC is like you play as different characters, yes, but you're essentially doing the same things. Uh, go buy Pirate's Curse, folks. Pirate's yeah, Curse that's is a great phenomenal. Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, we agree. I, I do actually I do wonder if they're gonna keep going with Shantae games, because because uh, if Pirate's Curse maybe was not the moneymaker they thought it would be, maybe that's why they had to kickstart Half Genie Hero. I have no idea. I think you should just sort of let, let it lie fallow for a little while, and then they, yeah. maybe they'll revisit with some fresh ideas. I have no idea how uh, good Pirate's Curse did. Um, I personally would prefer, prefer to see them make a game like that. I like the art style of Half Genie Hero. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't have a problem with art at all. Is it? The, kind of the Saturday morning cartoon vibe is pretty good. Yeah, I, I like the car art style. It's it's just the, something about the level design. I couldn't even really put my finger on exactly what it was, but it just felt tedious. I, I can't. You've, you've done it. You've done it in other Shantae games. Is kind of what what it comes down to for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go on to a listener request here. Nice.
I've my brain's dead. I I I'm, have no words. I'm glad I have the mute button on this because I started laughing out loud at the huh 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 because huh, <laughs> it reminded. I'm sure this is. It reminded me of a certain horizontal shooter that John Lindemann and James Jones talk about sometimes. <laughs> hmm. I'll leave that one to your imagination, kids. <laughs> Still feel bad about being hard on that soundtrack from Jake, Co- Jake Kaufman. We love you, Jake. <laughs> we do. We're, we're just I, being honest. That, that soundtrack's not your finest work. I've, I've honestly, I have his uh, uh, whatever that website's called now. I forget. Uh, where all the soundtracks lived. Yeah, Bandcamp soundtrack. Uh, his Bandcamp page is in my um, bookmarks at work, nice. and I uh, often listen to his music. We love you, Jake. <laughs> hug, hug, hug. That's right. Virtual hugs. Here is your hint question, Zach. All right. Which item allows one of the three heroes to drift downward more slowly? Huh.
So, uh, Zach, any thoughts on what game this might be? Well, based on that third song, it sounds like if um, Splatoon originated as a 90s platformer, this would be its soundtrack. Um, hmm. But but really, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm thinking of games that have uh, three heroes that I assume you switch between, and one of them can drift or float slowly. Um, I'm coming up kind of blank, man. It is The Lost Vikings for the Super Nintendo. I was going to say Lost Vikings, but then I said nobody falls because it's bird's eye view. Uh, no, it's side-scrolling. Lost... Oh, it is side-scrolling. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a game I have not played, although I probably should. Um, it's, a, it's a puzzle platformer from uh, Blizzard, whatever they used to be called before they became Blizzard. Right, right. And uh, you control three Vikings that have been abducted from their homes, and uh, I guess they get thrown across time or something. I, I don't know. But point something is, like they're, that, yeah. they're, they got to collaborate uh, to, to get through these levels and... Uh, I couldn't tell you the names of the three Vikings, but one of them um, is able to run fast and, and jump high. Uh, one of them has the shields, which you can use to kind of block projectiles from enemies or keep them from walking in a certain direction. Uh, and he can also uh, use that to float down, kind of hover, kind of like a cape in Super Mario World. Yeah. Um, and then the, the third one, I think, can shoot arrows. I don't know if he has any other things. Basically, he has a projectile attack. Yeah, um, or he can hit switches far away. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the puzzle platformer, you've probably played a lot of games like it since then, but this was... This was pretty foundational to that genre. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I mean, I could think of some other stuff that, you know, like Krusty's Funhouse, which sort of do this, although that's a mm. pretty crappy game. Um, I mean, th this game seems pretty clever, and, uh, you know, it was a little bit clumsy switching between the characters, because often you have to move all three you know, to the end goal, I guess you always do, so um, oh, yeah. there may be a little bit of redundant traversal that uh, I would imagine more modern games would clean up a little bit, but... More um, modern games, just you actually switch between the characters, like Trine, the yeah. Lost Vikings is... is the heroes in Trine are, are very much pulled from Lost Vikings in terms of their moveset. Yeah, but you switch just, you basically turn into one... Of the yeah, characters the other there. two disappear, yeah. yeah. I guess that's one way of solving it. Although I, I could see that limiting certain puzzles where, um, you know, maybe guys have to walk in parallel uh, through corridors and stuff. Like, I mean, you saw some of that in, like, Four Swords Adventures, too. Um, oh, yeah, or or even uh, Mario and Luigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those are, like, top-down examples. But they're kind of similar in concept where uh, or you're trying to parlay... Um, different move sets into to solving a puzzle. Yeah. I've, I've never played this, but I've always kind of wanted to, because I remember reading about it, uh, <clears throat> like a, you know, strategy for it in Nintendo Power way back in the day, and it looked really cool. That is a nice art style. I mean, it, it's it not does. super it really detailed, does. but it, it, I mean, it, it looks clean, interesting, um, seems to have a, a decent sense of humor to it, as you know, Blizzard games often do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I'd check this out if they ever re-released it on Switch. I think it was released for a virtual console on maybe Wii, but I'm not oh, really, really? going to go back there. I, I, I want to no. say, 
if not that, it was re-released in Game Boy Advance. I, I know there was some sort of re-release of this. At, oh, at some okay. Point. That okay, that would make more sense, yeah. But I, I did not check it out when it was re-released. No, and if it is on the Wii Virtual Console, there's nothing we can do about it anymore. Yeah. That's shut down, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, it was re-released for the Game Boy Advance in 2003. Oh, wow. And I don't know if it actually came out on Virtual Console or not. I don't see any reason why it couldn't have. The, the company still exists, although it's Black Division now. Uh-huh. So, I, yeah, I... This could still come back up in another release. I mean, this this isn't one of these games that's uh, been lost in t- to the time of companies getting uh, you know foreclosed on. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be shocked if this doesn't show up somewhere. It's probably available somehow on Steam or something like that, or good old games or something like that, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe once we get uh, Super Nintendo games on the uh, Switch Online service this will be one of the games that would be kind of cool yeah this would be kind of consistent because NES games have had kind of a mixture of um, old standbys and, and maybe a little more obscure third party stuff so th- this would certainly fit that bill of uh, the more obscure third party thing you know absolutely you know like I, I'd cool. see this as like a mighty bo- mighty bomb jack type release <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say <laughs> I saw that in there, and I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. All <clears throat> uh, right. Oh, I, I should say, uh, Lost Vikings was requested by my buddy Steve from college, as well as 120. So thank you guys for requesting that. I know it's been in the hopper a long time. Um, and if you have your own request, uh, you can email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com. Or uh, there's a link to a form you can fill out with a request um, on each episode, which I actually prefer because then it has a, usually sends a title in the email that's easier for me to recognize as a radio trivia request. All right, on to the next game. Yes, yes.
ominous. Well then. <laughs> All this upbeat music and then this. Yeah. Creepy, huh? It is. Well, here's more of that. Oh, good. It may be, maybe even creepier. I'm not sure. Oh, fantastic. I, f I forget. I forget this song right now. <laughs>
not sure if that looped or not, but I think you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. What the heck do you have me listening to? Uh, yeah, pretty psychedelic, huh? Yeah. Well, here is your hint question. What kind of space creature do you play as? Oh. Yeah, very spacey game.
like I said, some unusual stuff in this episode. I kind of want this just for the soundtrack. Holy cow. It's uh it's a trip. Um unfortunately there's a little bit of distortion or clipping in the versions of the songs I have here, but uh I don't think that's present in the actual game. So I I assume you haven't played this game or at least you don't recognize it. Um I'm going to guess single-celled organism. Uh, is that the guess for the game or the... Oh, for the type of alien creature. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, that's as good a guess as any. Um, any idea what game this might be? Oh, no. No chance. Yeah. Um, this is a Thumper, which is released on the Switch and really? other... Yeah, other, other consoles. Um, this is a game that uh, John Lindemann actually recommended to me when I asked, you know, what, what's a good game to save for one, uh, you know, if you've got a good, like, home theater setup, because I, I was going to my oh, folks' yeah. place, and uh, I didn't take his recommendation initially, but uh, the next time I went up, I, I bought this game, and oh boy, is this game an experience, oh, especially bats. with a, you know, a big screen and a, and a sound system, ooh, um, yeah, uh, it, it's a tough, tough game, and um, how do you play it? I've never well, seen it played. Yeah, it, it's hard to tell watching it. So, so when you tilt the stick, for example, to go around corners without getting damaged, um, and I think there's a button you push to basically thump the ground, so you thump it to like the rhythm of the music. And, and at first, it doesn't really feel like it aligns the music but as the game progresses it does kind of have its own internal consistency um and it gets more complicated because you can like fly and hover for a while and it just it asks a lot from you especially the boss battles where they kind of ask for perfection if you mess up basically you have to do that segment of the boss over again so uh, and sometimes there's two or three or four components to that you know, spaced out across this track. I mean, you're you're going forward on this, you know, uh, rail basically, and um, right. and it just I, I just wasn't good enough at this game, and eventually got frustrated. It was just stressing me out. the the uh, The atmosphere is very cool, but also kind of oppressive, and it just sort of the soundtrack's oppressive. It it just wore down on me over time, and and, and there really is pretty. I mean, it, it's kind of like an interactive. Uh, a version, in a way, of that scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, where oh, he's yeah, going through the, like the, I guess, through the monolith or whatever, and when he reaches Jupiter, all the different yeah. colors. It, it kind of has that vibe to it. Um, it's definitely worth playing. It, it's it's unlike anything else I've played. It. There may be a version that's on, or versions that are in VR, which I can't there even are. imagine uh, how trippy that would be, but... Um, even if it's just on like a big screen, um, it's plenty trippy. Um, it's cool. I, I I did not complete this game. I I, I gave up probably um, two thirds of the way in, um, okay. and, I, and I just never revisited it because I would have had to really retrain myself on how to play the game, and uh, I just didn't want to go through that again because it really so maybe, is pretty demanding as a music game. Maybe next time it's on sale, pick it up because the soundtrack alone. Yeah, yeah. If, if, I'd say some, it's worth ten bucks. Okay, that's some really good music. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong about oppressive, but like, I don't think I've ever heard that kind of music in a video game. Yeah, it, it's it's oppressive, very minimalist, but in a very pretty way. Um, <laughs> my only complaint about the art style would be that the 
final bosses, at least the ones that I saw, were all basically the same skull enemy. Um, oh. To the extent you could say that the, the enemy, I don't know, it sort of interacts with you, but, you know, it's, it's all kind of... Um, Avoiding things? Well, yeah, I mean, it's the same as... It's basically the same gameplay, it's just more demanding, and so... Yeah, you go forward and you kind of destroy him, but it could be anything there. It didn't have to be a skull. Um, oh, I see. And and I think there are a couple of other kinds of bosses um, that I saw, but I think the final bosses for each chapter were, were the skull thing. Gotcha. Maybe it changes later in the in the game. I just didn't get that far. Okay. Um, other than that, I mean, that's really a minor complaint, frankly. Um, huh. So yeah, it's worth checking out, especially uh, if you got a good setup. Ooh, man. But uh, you play as the Space Beetle. Oh, Beetle. Okay. Yeah, beetle. I thought it was a spaceship. No, it's a little Beetle, and, and you know, it, it's pretty clear when, you you know, if you jump and hover, his little wings come out, and he flutters, and... Oh, okay. You know, and I, huh. I, I couldn't tell you why they chose Space Beetle, but why not, you know? Space Beetle, I like that. Yeah. Cool. I'll check this out. One last game here. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I'm sure you are.
Wow. That's... Man, it gets you gets you yeah. pumped up. It does. That's really that's really rich and and good stuff. And oh yeah, I I have it in I have it on my phone. Yeah, let's do it in the car. That's that. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's perfectly acceptable. I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did realize just now that I did not mention the composers for some of the games, and I, I just want to give a shout out to them. So the Lost Vikings uh, soundtrack was composed by Charles Deenan. And Thumper's soundtrack uh, was composed and probably arranged by uh, Brian Gibson, um, who apparently also was the bassist for Lightning Bolt, if that means anything to anyone. Mm. Um, so I just I forgot. I apologize. Uh, so just mentioning that now. All right. Now back to this awesome music. <laughs>
Okay, Zach, you have the hint question here. All right, so um, <clears throat> this game is a uh, spiritual successor to what uh, Super Nintendo Chemco game. Um, it is it is a successor to the point where the team hired the Chemco games composer to do the soundtrack. Uh, what game is that? modern soundtrack it, it kind of harkens back to kind of that same era i was talking about of uh of commodore 64 amiga type uh 
songs, and uh, it's not a coincidence. No, in fact, if you uh, listen to the soundtrack from Top Gear for Super Nintendo, there are some of the same songs, just in, you know, Super Nintendo form. Excellent sound. This is my favorite, one of my favorite soundtracks of any video game ever. I mean, good lord, it's good. Uh, and this is from Horizon Chase Turbo, a name I always have to struggle with. I don't know why. It does not roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. Um, it's uh, It started out as a, as a mobile game, um, just called Horizon Chase. Uh, and when it came to Switch, um, you know, sometimes uh, Neil will send out an email that says, these are the review codes we have, somebody take them. And I looked up footage of this, and it, I said, hey, this looks like OutRun. I like mm-hmm. OutRun. Mm-hmm. So I got it, and it turned out to be far and away my game of the year last year. Wow. It's just amazing. Yeah, this one wasn't on my radar at all, but after reading a little bit about it, um, I, I read part of your review. Uh, and uh, just listen to the music. I think I'm gonna have to pick this one up. Uh, yeah. I'm terrible at Outrun and games like that, but they still Me hold too. kind of a, a soft spot in my heart. So um, I don't really know why. I, I, I guess I played one or two games kind of that vein in their arcade at like a pizza joint or something. I, I'm not quite sure why. I never, oh yeah, this this um, definitely harkens back to things like you know Cruising USA or San Francisco Rush. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, you mentioned that the composer was rehired, but uh, that composer's name is Barry Leitch, and, and like I, I said... I like Leitch or Leitch, Leitch yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and if you look up his uh, gameography, um, I guess that's the term you use, the, yeah, uh, yeah he, he had a lot of, like, Amiga games and, and things like that, in addition to the Top Gear series. Oh, interesting. Um, and another thing, listening to the soundtrack, and I'm probably going way off the reservation without any <laughs> basis here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make this assertion anyway. Um, some of that music reminded me a lot of aspects of the Messenger soundtrack and aspects of Axiom Verge's soundtrack. So I would not be surprised really? if uh, uh, Barry's work influenced uh, those particular composers. Interesting. Now I've I've. I've played and love Axiom Verge. I can I can see you in some of the tracks. I can definitely I'm there with you. I have not played the Messenger. Okay. I don't <clears> know, just some of the instrumentation and effects they do, and I don't know, just there are aspects of the composition that, if not very specifically, I suspect the the era he he whatever grew his grew up in and in his golden age of, of you know what he did was of that era. So. Uh, but really awesome stuff. Um, yeah. There's um, so the main single-player mode is World Tour, uh, where you go through. I mean, all sorts of countries, and, and each one is like a little. Um, uh, each one has three or four courses uh, per city, and then there's several cities. So every uh, country has I don't know between 12 and 16 tracks. Oh wow. And there's probably, I haven't counted them, but there must be almost 100 tracks in the game. Dang. And they're they're all different. I mean, that's the, the crazy part. I mean, they're all, they have different weather effects or uh, the roads narrow in some. You have really hairpin turns in another. Um, it could be icy. It's just 
really spectacular how much um, content is in the game and as you get gold medals uh, uh, and complete um, uh, courses you unlock new cars so you're constantly unlocking new cars and each country has something called an upgrade race where if you win it I actually think you only have to get in the top three you unlock a new perk for your car like better acceleration or better handling or something uh, which you can pick uh, although they all even out at the end of the game by the end of the game um, so your your cars are like crazy supercharged by the end of the game and you can uh, although the other cars seem to level up as well with you uh, your opponents uh, but there's a really like I don't know if you're a fan of the Fast and the Furious movies at all, uh, but there's a really, really nice, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Homage? Homage, yeah, remembrance uh, to um, Paul Walker, uh, one of the unlocked cars, uh, is his, one of his cars from the, well, it's his iconic car from the movies. And it's called the Walker X. I thought that was really nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that would have been lost on me. But, uh, you know, I mean, the basic gameplay sounds fun. Um, yeah. So I, I, I suspect that even if you haven't played a bunch of these games or are super into it, um, I mean, this game is really well-reviewed. So yeah. um, it, it has to be accessible to more than just diehard racing fans. I mean, it's very oh, arcadey. Yeah, I mean, based on I'm, everything I've seen, it's, it's a very arcadey game. It's not a simulation or anything like that. Yeah, I'm terrible at real sim racing games. I mean, I I stay away from them very far away. But something like an Outrun, mm -hmm. I'll play for fun and enjoy. And uh, this this is this is hitting a sweet spot. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Well, Zach, uh, I do have a, another question for you. Um, did you uh, figure out what? the loose theme is uh, of this episode oh huh um no I mean they're not all switch games they're not uh they're, the individual games themes are not similar it's a pretty loose uh, theme. Ah, okay, go ahead. Give it to me. Um, well, they're all Western, developed in Western composed games. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Cool. I mean, unless you That's have some a... news about, like, Turok, that was like a, <laughs> a, a Tose game or something. I, I'm just, you know, but... Uh, right. Oh, that's a cool, that's a good theme. Is, is this the first time, to your knowledge, this has happened? I might have done that once before, unintentionally, but this time it was okay. kind of an intentional thing, and, and you know, it made for a, kind of a different uh, vibe, I think. It did. It definitely did. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, yeah, Zach, great. thank you so much for recording with me. Um, oh, thank you for having me on. I, like I say every time, this is my favorite show to be on. Uh, I'm not as active uh, with NWR as I used to be, not for health reasons, just because I'm an adult with a job. Uh, but uh, I always love coming on the show. Well, it's not like I'm active on NWR either beyond this <laughs> podcast, so you're in good company, Zach. There you um, go. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have you on again. Uh, stay healthy. Uh, stay oh, warm. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> it's light now when I wake up. We've turned a corner. Oh, good. Good. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine living in Alaska. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And uh, yeah, uh, again, if you have a request, you can send it my way at typ at We've got a whole bunch of other podcasts uh, you can listen to. Check us out on on our website. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. Bionosaurus is copyright 1997 Acclaim Bit Managers. Shantae, Half Genie Hero is copyright 2016 Way Forward. The Lost Vikings is copyright 1992 Interplay Productions Silicon and Synapse. Thumper is copyright 2017 Drool. Horizon Chase Turbo is copyright 2018 Aquarius Game Studio. What item? Wait, what? God damn it, I need to prove my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on a sec. I need to parse this better. Okay.
Does it have the word man beam in it? No.